a brand new episode of R2C2, and I feel like it actually started 17 minutes ago when I tried to set up my laptop and it did not work. Um, we thought that there was something wrong with the filter of my laptop, but the truth is I'm just really sunburned, apparently, <laughs> from, from being at my property all day. Uh, I was there for six hours as they were grading the lawns, and I think that did it. But anyway, it's a brand new episode of R2C2. You guys know you'd normally hear CC's voice first, but you're not. Instead, you're hearing mine, and you're hearing the laughter of Jay Ellis and Sue Bird, two uh, friends of the program, Two people who are close friends of mine who have also co-hosted this podcast before and, um, and are, are now uh, witnesses to the greatest technical snafu in the history of this podcast. So, guys, thanks for, like, staying through whatever just happened. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> that was, uh, I feel like I know you a little better now. I also just want you to know, like, I will find a way to, like, get, like my time back from you somehow <laughs> i can't wait to find out how <laughs> because that was a that was a whole debacle you know when it's like when something like that's happening and you're like okay like but it's people you know so you know you have like a little more of a buffer to like get it right and then at some point you're like starting to sweat it internally and then at some point you're starting to sweat it externally and then you're really sweating it externally. I got to the really sweating it externally part of that. Well, I think we'll find out in about 25, 30 minutes if you're actually sunburned or <laughs> if this is just the product of the external sweating that you're oh, speaking of. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's actually a great point. This red may have been produced by my frustration with not um, with going through two laptops and a phone and then a third laptop to finally get to record. But did you were did you forget about the headphones? You oh, and, the, and the headphones and the headphones and not. Oh my guys, he clicked speaker. He clicked <laughs> the speaker button. We're good. I clicked the speaker button. We figured it out. We figured it out. Well, look, um, we have uh, two of my favorite people on the pod today. Uh, not just in um, you know in sports or or broadcasting or entertainment, but in life. And uh, we also have two people who've accomplished amazing things this summer. And, I mean, this is a group of three people who are currently working together uh, because Jay and I are both EPs on the Sue Bird doc in the clutch, uh, which we are currently... Jay, what would we say? It's currently in production? Oh, we're in production. Yeah. So Sue tells us we can't record no more. We're in production. We're just going to follow her with cameras. Until she locks the doors and like kicks us out. So Sue, it's really all on you, you know? Yeah, you guys, you know, you're welcome for my game, my last game. <laughs> I made the doc a little bit better. <laughs> uh, you I'm know, doing my part. I'm trying to do my part. You know what's crazy? Like, I saw this uh, nugget the other day. Sue, I don't know if you saw this, but you know, they do this sort of all-encompassing analytic called game score. They do it in multiple sports. Like in baseball, you hear it a lot for pitchers, like all oh, that pitcher's game score. And, and it kind of takes everything that happens into account to give you this overall game score of your performance beyond just the stats that we know. That game, too, the closeout game of the first round against Washington, was your highest playoff game score of all time. That's just crazy. How, well, how do they calculate that? I don't know. Like some like intricate... Okay. Yeah, it's some like crazy algorithm of like a million things go into it. But 
like here you are in what's really year 21, right? Like yeah. everyone says you're 19, but you were, you were hurt two years. Like it's year 21. Um, it's yeah, it's year 21 and you have your highest playoff game score of all time. And it's not like, it's not like you weren't an infrequent visitor to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I don't, I'm so curious how that gets calculated. So I can like understand what I did, try to do it again or something like that. Do you yeah. hear that and go like, damn, maybe, maybe I'm still out here giving them the business. Maybe, no. maybe these niggas got a little bit more left in it than what I thought. Nope. No? Nope, 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 nope. No. Sue? Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm like, imagine that would be the biggest pump fake of all time. Even bigger than like Tom Brady's. <laughs> Two farewell tours? Two farewell tours? Uh, can you can you imagine that though like if after you know all the gifts at center court and everything else you were like like what would you do what would you do if in this moment you actually felt like oh my gosh i really want to play like can i play like how would you handle that well i already can't give the wine back <laughs> every team by the way pretty much every team either gave me wine or sneakers so my brand is 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 in full force everybody yep. knows who i am um, listen, it's just not gonna, I can't even imagine if somebody did that. I don't even know. What would you do? Sorry, I'm coming back. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I definitely don't know. I mean, yeah, no <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things where you'd have to be like, if you were totally convicted and you were like, I, I have to play again. I want to play again so desperately. You would just have to be like and make it like a huge joke and just be like, this is what I want to do with my life. So sorry, guys. But like this time, no retirement tour. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah right, right. You don't have to yeah. thank me anymore. No more gifts. Just let me. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, I'd have to do like some sort of op-ed explaining myself. It'd be a whole thing. Stephen A is going to go in. It's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> You're going to end up on a whole, like, did you see what I did last season? Did you not hear that it was the highest total game score of my career? Like, are you crazy? Yeah, I'm coming back. <laughs> like, one game out of, like, 30-something. I don't know if that's a uh, reason to come back, but. Mm -mm. Ha I, has, it, has it helped you? I was thinking this. And by the way, I, when I was thinking about the structure of this, like, I was thinking, since you're getting ready for the semifinals, I was thinking, Jay will be my co-host. Sue's the guest. The reality is it probably, since we're all friends, will just be like this beautiful, you know, roundabout conversation. But I know Jay and I have questions for you as you go through this, this, th this playoff run, Sue. And I was thinking, I was like, you are a player who always gives their heart and soul on the court. But knowing that this is the end, the end, like, is there something you are feeling you're able to tap into that's maybe even like a next level of either urgency, energy, physicality, whatever it might be, that's there to give only because this is the end. Gosh. Um, so I don't know if it is happening. I think it's like subconscious. The only thing I can tell you is going into, so to set the stage a little bit, you know, we played DC in the first round. We're with a higher seated team, which means in the WNBA this year, they changed it up. We play the first two games at home. So to have lost one of those meant we were going on the road for like the decisive game. So nobody wants to do that. Plus we're playing D DC cross country. Nobody's trying to do that either. By winning, it meant so many things like staying home for a week and getting rest. There was just like so much riding on this game. Mm -hmm. And I that was like going into the game. The other thing that was riding on it was by winning it and by advancing, 
I guaranteed, I didn't, but like our team guaranteed me more games at home. Mm-hmm. We go onto the road game three and lose. That's it. That's my last time playing in Seattle. So I say all this to say I, I was, I remember like going out for warm ups, and I thought to myself like, dang, I don't really want this to be my last time playing here. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't even about, <laughs> I don't know what this means. It wasn't like, oh, I really want to advance or I really want to do this. It was just like, I really want to play here again. But I didn't think that during the game. I wasn't like, that wasn't at the you know forefront by any means. And then when I think of some of the plays that happen, or not really the plays themselves, just my reactions, like I very rarely show emotion like that. So yeah. I'm just kind of like maybe somewhere swirling in the back. It's like, I'm finally just like letting it all out. I don't know. I love that. <laughs> I, like, I cannot wait to see what these simics are going to be like. Like just, <laughs> Sue, just out there, all emotion, just like uninhibited. Like, I can't wait. It's funny because there was... um a uh like as you were um as you were coming off after i don't know if it was the steal and the layup and then they called time out when you were yeah you were going crazy and like rebecca and i are like they quick they did one i don't don't want to throw our director who was doing that game under the bus because the shot he cut to was still a good shot but like he was on you cut to a shot of Noe's reaction who she had a really good reaction and Noel Quinn, Sue's head coach, and then cut back to you. But Rebecca and I are watching. We're like, no, no, stay on Sue. She never shows us emotion. Stay on Sue. Like, this is so unique because it's true. Like you are, you know, part of your brand in addition to wine and sneakers is composure. And I remember even like when you had your game five against Phoenix, which, you know, is probably your most like epic condensed moment of action in your career. Right. Like you, there was no, like, there was no celebration. There was instead just the, uh, remember there was just like that. Yeah. There was just like this exasperated, like release as you got to the bench. So yeah, I agree with Jay. I'm excited to see what emotion might come out in the semis too. I'm actually really curious, like where that comes from. Like, do you think that that's like, and when I, do you think that's like, something that you always kind of like focused on or do you think that like it was just something that was innate in how you go and play the game the lack of emotion in the past or that it's moment where I- a lack of emotion sue it's not a lack <laughs> i think it's composure i think to, yeah. I think to ryan's point it's composure i think like you know i think i mean obviously you know the game better than i do and and better than ryan does but like there's so many moments as a fan when you're watching and you can see something and you'd be like, yo, what the, like you, you can see, like you would lose it as a fan. And obviously you can lose it because you're just a fan and you don't work with these referees every single day or these coaches every single day or these players every single day. Um, but I, I just think it's so interesting that like, I don't know. I just wonder is composure like so much a part of like what has kept you 21 seasons in like is that part of like what has you know been been this like stellar career was it something focused on and thought like oh this is my way of not wearing myself out to some degree or was it something that just happened I think it's um a little bit of a combination I think so I was the kid growing up that like hated my birthday party because it's like all of a sudden all the attention's on you and it's like your day and everybody's focused on you. And that always, like, I was like always uncomfortable. And I think that is just like who I am. It's part of my personality. 
this like shyness or whatever you want to call it. Um, obviously you get older and you kind of grow out of certain things, but I don't know that I always was like looking for that. And I feel like when you do, when you are bringing your attention to yourself, let me start that over. When you're showing emotion in these ways, that is bringing attention to yourself. Not in a bad way. I don't, I have no, I, I love it when I'm watching and people show emotion. It's amazing. But I think that was just kind of like my personality in big moments. Yeah. For some reason, I think part of who I am as a point guard is to be this calm, cool, collected person that everybody can count on all the time. And here I am, steady Eddie. So even in those moments, I think I just, so it was one part, part of my personality already. And then one part, this persona kind of grew in that way of being calm, cool, and collected. So it just went hand in hand. And I've had like moments here and there where I've shown excitement through my career, obviously, but for the most part, yeah, I'm pretty chill. Um, and then that's kind of what makes the other day so unique. I mean, part of it is the play itself was like, I sniffed out a steal. We've been in our locker room, just talking about rotating when we trap and how we're really bad at it. We're trying to get better at it. So like, even when I came, finally came off the court, Tina Charles, it wasn't like, oh my God, great job. Great steal. Great this. She goes, way to fucking rotate. Way to fucking rotate. So there was like a, you know, so like the play in and of itself. Plus I'm like 41. I basically, you know, nowadays I run like Fred Flintstone starts a car. It's just like a lot of steps because I can't really get that stride going. I'm like trying to take off and I got the layup. So it's like all in all in all, it like led to this emotion. Plus at that point, I kind of knew like, all right, this game's over. Like we have it. Yeah. Is there, uh, how good do you feel physically right now? So, I mean, knock on wood, pretty good. Like I haven't, I don't really have, I think when you get older, what happens, um, there can be like a lot of like random stuff that just pops up like, Oh, why does my back hurt? Oh dang. Mm. I slept funny. My neck hurts. Like, Oh, what's this new feeling in my calf? Like that can just happen. Sometimes it puts you out, out like a week. And it's just these nagging things that when you're out for a week, it's like just enough to throw you off. And I've been really lucky that this whole season, I haven't had anything like that. And even as I sit here right now, like I'm good. Good. What was it? Didn't, didn't you have a calf thing like that pop up after we walked one day and you were like, Hey, Probably. like, I think maybe was it, when they we just walked sore? This? Yeah. I'm like, Ooh. I don't walk like this. Yeah. I run. I run for like three minute increments. I don't walk for two hours. <laughs> And that's you what happened. We walked for like two hours. We, you know what's funny about that, Jay, is like you think like just everybody walks, right? But like the like, yeah, we're going for a walk, but athletes really don't, right? Because like everything they do with their bodies is accounted for. Yeah. We don't, no, we don't totally do makes, I, it totally makes sense. I wouldn't walk either if I was a professional yeah. athlete. I walk right. for, I, I yeah. run for a living, even if it's in three minute spurts, like still my feet <laughs> hit the ground enough that I don't feel like I need to take any additional steps. Also, I think that question really lets us know, Ryan, that you are still in your 30s because you don't know what it's like to hurt after you walk for two hours. Because I hurt and I didn't play professional basketball for 21 years and my body hurts when I walk. Wait, Jay, how old are you, man? 40. I'll be 41 in December. Wow. Okay, I do remember the turning 40. Okay. All right. You both look terrific. I mean, I not that you're not supposed to anymore at 40 and 41, but my goodness. I mean... 40, the new 20 for both of these wonderful human beings. It's, Put, it it's, on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. It is. You know, what's funny though. I, I, I would like to say that I don't feel these ailments, but as Sue knows from my text the other day, um, yeah, the, the baby Bajorn frontal carry of my 25 pound baby. Hmm. 
that just like my lower back is still not right. Nine days later, that's a long time for a spasm to last for me. Usually it's a three or four day deal. Yeah, I actually was going to ask you about that. You're big into the, you like chiropractors, right? Love it. Love it. Yeah. Jay, you, you're shaking your head too. You're a chiropractor guy. I love, I love chiropractors. Yeah, I, Sue has stolen my chiropractor. No, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, oh, okay, I'll say this. Sue knew him first. I will, I mean, I got no, no, I don't even know. Did I know him first? You knew him first, for sure. Okay, I knew him first. I'm but we, sure. we did, in fairness, we did steal him this summer. We have since stolen him. <laughs> Just gone. Oh. He, uh, amazing guy, uh, works out of West LA, has been up uh, in Seattle with the storm pretty much the whole season, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He takes like I, little breaks, but yeah. Yeah. And I randomly got bumped. I got sent to this guy by my trainer and literally like live by it. Like when I, I'm like, oh, I don't feel right. I need Dustin. Where's Dustin? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm a man again. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I got my back straightened out. I'm good. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I believe in it. I definitely think there are, to Sue's point, I think there's like plenty of times where like you wake up with a little something and Again, I'm not physically going through she's going through for months and months and months, but you know, just a little helps out. All right. So is he coming to Vegas for the semifinals? Yeah, he tried, he's with us. You know what? Can I can I ask Dustin if he can, you know, take if he can put a little session aside for me? Yeah, he'll definitely do it. Justin, yeah. Dustin's actually like the sweetest. He'll definitely do it. He's the sweetest guy on the planet. He'll definitely do it. You know, I used to go to the chiropractor a lot, and then the neck cracking thing started freaking me out. Don't get your neck cracked. Uh, that's a good solution. I guess I should have thought of that a while ago. But yeah, <laughs> that's one way to do it. Sue, how about like when you have this much time off in the playoffs? Because you and Vegas both ended your series in two games. There, There is uh, huge gaps in the beginning of these WNBA playoffs between games, which is great for my life. Um because it gives me more time at home with the family instead of just like this four week or five week period where I'm just like gone. Right. Um, but it's also interesting because you're in the middle of this, you're in the thick of this, you play two intense games, you win them both. Game one was unbelievably tight, just an incredible game. And game two is a great game too. You guys eventually pull away, but now you have, you literally have seven days off before you play. What good thing, bad thing, tough thing. How do you assess having a full week off when you're in the middle of this? I think it's just a thing. Yeah. You can argue both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's great for us right now because Gabby Williams, our starting three, um, got a concussion in, in game two. So had we played game one today and game two, honestly, Wednesday, Friday, she would have definitely missed both games. Yeah. So now she's TBD on game one. So that's still up in the air, um, but it gives her more time. So mm. if you're banged up, you're really happy about this. We happen to be banged up. So I'm, I'm totally okay with it. And I think for us, like overall, you can make arguments both ways, but I think rest is, is better than rhythm at times at, at this point, especially. So I'll take the rest. Mm. I, I used to like when I, when I was auditioning a lot, if my reps called me on Monday and was like, yo, you have an audition like eight days from now, like next Tuesday, right? Literally every single day I'll be like, okay, I got to work on this audition. I got to look at these pages. I got to, I got to make sure that like, oh, what am I going to wear every single day? I, what is your mind? Do you think about the next mm. game? Like, are you in that seven days? Are you thinking about the next time you're going to play? Or are you just like, 
going to practice. I mean, clearly you're talking about it, especially once you know who your opponent is. So clearly you're talking about, about that, but like, are you going home with it? A little bit. Um, so the way it worked out, this is how our schedule went. They gave us, we played Sunday. So we had Monday and Tuesday off, which was great. So like, didn't have to go in the gym at all. Totally off everybody. So it was wonderful. And then we start back again today. So we had regular practice today. And yeah, like you, you start thinking about your opponent. I started watching some, some film of them just to get like an idea of how they guarded us to get an idea of how we guarded them. So then when you go to practice, you can kind of like see some things, talk about some things, but then we actually have off again tomorrow. So tomorrow it's actually not off. It's more of like an individual day, which means like, if you want to shoot, shoot, if you need to do this, this, I will stay home. Guaranteed. I will not go to the gym (laughs) tomorrow. I won't think about it at all. Maybe I'll what? watch it down, but like I probably won't think about it at all. Interesting. And you really will you really will be able to just like not think about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The only thing it's like because of the this is a we're playing Vegas and they're really good. So like I said, there's a chance that tomorrow I will watch film and I will start to like really hone in on like what we're trying to do and like where we can exploit things. But for the most part, no, I'll just take a break from it all. Like I, I need to do that because I think generally it is so like on the top. It's like so all encompassing. So when I do get the chances to like break from it, I have to or else I'll drive myself insane. But then come Friday. Yeah, that'll be the only thing I'm thinking about for like the next 72 hours. <laughs> in this like, sorry, right. Just no dive in. Don't no, no, just do your thing, Jay. I love it. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just hosting a podcast, man. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Uh, hey, you, you had the technology part of it down. The, the, the hosts of R2C2 over here did not. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I'm just curious, like in this 21 year career, when do you feel like you figured that out for yourself? Oh, um, I mean, I think early on it was like ignorance was bliss. I was just kind of playing basketball, like whatever. And then at some point you start to realize who knows? Let's say it's like in my early thirties, you're kind of like, okay, you can't just throw the ball out there. You have to like prepare in certain ways. Cause now your body's starting to take some hits. You're starting to change, but I don't think it like clicked in until like my mid thirties. And that's when I really started to change my diet, change my preparation. And that's when I also started to watch film. That's when I really started to like buy into that. I wasn't really a film watcher at all. Like literally at all. I never watched it. I watched it when they showed it with our team, like when the coaches yeah. did, obviously, but not on my own. And that's when I was like, oh, like I'm pretty smart. I can like hold multiple, like, I guess it's not really conversations, but I can like hold multiple conversations in regards to a game at the same time. And I like remember shit. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. let me like put as much information in there as possible. Cause randomly in a game, I'll just like, I don't know, it'll be like on a free throw and the team will be like, all right, what are we running? And I'll be like, we're going to run loop horns, but this time I want you to run it. I want you over there. And it'll be like something that I pull, I had watched like a couple of days before and it just like was able to pull it. And that's like where you steal possessions. That is fascinating. How about Jay, that actually kind of leads me into, I have a fun question for both of you that I want to ask, but before that, not that this question isn't fun, but it's just maybe not quite as fun. I've always wanted this Jay with like lines and Andrea and I were talking about this the other day. Like when you, yeah, Sue, you're interested in this, right? Like, are you yeah, are you going into like the taping of a show? Like, okay, let's take let's take um Insecure. You're taping an episode, okay? Do you go in like knowing all your lines for the entire episode or are you like just m- like memorizing them right before the scene, like one scene at a time? 
Like, are you only member? Like, how is that process? Are, Sue, you, you have, like, can you, I add to that? Yeah, like, add to or, it. Yeah. Or do you just like, you have a sense of what this scene is and then you mm. can kind of become it and like, let it flow. So I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's interesting, like to hear you talk about this. I think like with repetition, you start to see, and although like shows are insanely different and nuanced and the jokes are different or the drama may be different, you do start to see patterns in storytelling. So I think, and you start to know that like a scene needs to be arced in a certain way in television in order for you to move on to the next scene or for this character to have growth by the end of the episode or whatever we're trying to get to plot-wise. Um, and so I do think there's like a little bit of a cheat code where you kind of know where something is going to go after a while when you've seen enough of it. But I think like the, the, the thing that's really tough about that when you start to like get that sense, which is great, but at the same time, uh, it leads you to be less organic and less in the moment because you've kind mm -hmm. of already forecast and you know what's going to happen. So you're kind of just playing the beats as opposed to like really just being locked in with somebody. Mm -hmm. I think when you, from and so because of that, so I think there's two things. So I think, you know, when I was starting out, I've never memorized an entire episode, but I've mm -hmm. definitely probably gotten halfway to three quarters of an episode before, especially when I was starting out. And what I realized is I wasn't giving myself enough sleep when I was doing that because I would stay up and just read all night, all night, all night. And then I would sleep four, five, six hours, get to work and be exhausted and then wouldn't be able to perform where I wanted to perform or my brain wouldn't be sharp. Literally, mm -hmm. because I just didn't get the sleep that I needed, or the rest that I needed. Some people could do that. I'm, I'm an eight hour person. Like, I need my eight, seven. I can figure it out. Um, yeah. But like, you know, if I got to be to work at six o'clock, I'm, I'm in bed by like 9 30. Like, it's not even a question. Mm. Um, so I think that was my earlier process. And then what I started to realize for myself, especially because the first show I was on, we turned so many episodes and we would be in multiple episodes at one time you would shoot three different scenes from three different episodes in one day. So it'd be impossible to know all three scripts in for that one day, right? Yeah. Not impossible, but it would be pretty tough. So what yeah. I started to realize is that I always wanted to stay about two days ahead of my work. So on uh, Friday, for example, I'm working on Monday's work. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like get in. And, and I hate to say it's, it's not a... Yes, it's the memory thing because it's a muscle, but it's also like you are attaching some feeling, something inside your body. And I know that sounds like super woo-woo, but like I love woo -woo, so. these words. And so I think what kind of happens is those words sink in you. It's less about just remembering and more about like a muscle. It's literally just a muscle that's contracting, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I always start for like a, a Monday's work. I start on Friday. Tuesday's work. I start on Saturday. Wednesday's work, I start on Sunday and I'm still going over Monday and Tuesday's work by the time I get to Sunday. For and it doesn't like, it doesn't confuse you that they're like crossing over each other in any way. Like, I mean, listen, my first show was really tough because you could, again, you could, there were days where you would go to work and do, let's say you did six or seven scenes that let's say you did five scenes that day. There is a world in which three of them were from a completely different episode. And what was crazy about that is like, you could be doing episode four, episode seven and episode two at the same time, but you just don't know the connective tissue. Maybe because you Ooh. don't have the scripts, maybe just because they haven't sent them out, what, you, you haven't had a chance to look at them. That was really, really tough. And I think that's where you like, you know, you have writers on set 
who and directors and producers on set who come to you and they say, hey, so you don't have this episode yet, but this happened in the middle, this happened, that happened. So they kind of bridge that gap for you. We didn't do that on Insecure. On Insecure, we always stayed inside of one episode. And I think, so, you know, if we're talking about an episode a week, more or less for that show um, that we would shoot, kind of knowing what was ahead always helped inform what you were doing in a way. Um, because you may be doing like the last scene of the episode on your first day up in production, but you mm-hmm. just, you kind of still need to know what happened the rest of the episode that got you to this moment. And so I, for me, it's always been super helpful um, and not confusing, but more informing than anything else. That's so interesting. I feel like I would want to like record everything in sequence. Like, how am I supposed to be evil Kylo Ren? Like when I already know I'm going to be good at the end. You know what I mean? Like, but you like, can't play the end, right? Like, yeah, I think that's one of the things too that, like, we, you know, we often talk about when when you're working a scene is like you can't play the end of the scene. You got to go through that journey in, in order for it to be earned. In order for Sue to go home and watch it, and Ryan to lay in bed and watch it in the middle of the night, and like consistently come back to it those moments have to be earned. So if I'm yeah. already playing that moment, you already know what it is. And you're like, ah, eh, there's no change. There's no growth. There's no hook. There's nothing that's keeping me coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting, man. It's funny there. I, you know, obviously you always think about things you can relate to and there's so much what you're saying I can relate to in, in, in my work, in my field. And the thing that's interesting about like preparation, which is what we're both, we're all talking about in different ways, right? is like the way it constantly evolves and what you learn about what your body needs in order for you to be sharpest and that like more isn't necessarily better, but like there are maybe next levels of things that can be helpful, but like you don't want to sacrifice certain things for those layers. You know, like I know for me, like there's a certain baseline that I'm always going to achieve in order where I feel like, okay, now I'm prepared to do a broadcast, right? But then depending on where I'm at in my day, I might say like, you know what? Like I have an hour of time. Like I want to, I want to watch YouTube clips of Jewel Lloyd coming off, whatever. I, I'm not going to be able to find just like Jewel Lloyd coming off screens, but like Jewel Lloyd buckets, just like look at her movements and think of different verbs to describe it than maybe ones I've used before. Right? Like, and that actually, and then if I think of like three or four good ones that are maybe like more unique that like actually sort of pinpoint her movements. You know, I'm going to write a few of them down on my game board, but I'm not going to write one down. Cause if I write one down, it's kind of what you're talking about, Jay, like getting to the end, I'm predetermining it. It's not going to feel natural, but if I write three or four, then I, and I just kind of choose one in the moment, it's like, I'm prepared, but I'm not rehearsed, you know? And it's a weird thing, but I'm not going to get to that layer of my preparation. If I am not rested and I actually could benefit more from a nap, you know, or if it's like, I feel like I need to work out in that hour because like, that's going to give me the proper energy, you know, and it's a weird evolution to get to a point where you're okay with that, you know, and understanding that all of that is somehow making you perform at your best. um, Even though they're very different things. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, to me, it totally does. I think, I think also, like, I think for me, I think so much of the way I I played basketball in high school and was fortunate enough to play in college. And I think so much of like how I think about how I even go to work with people. I think of everyone as a team. Like I think of everyone has to play their part 
or this thing don't work. Like if yeah. we're not all here to like, if you're not under the basket, you know what I mean? Like we, we just can't do the job. We're not going to win the game. And ultimately yeah. the game for us is like telling a story that people, you know, connect with, right. Like in, in my work. And I think like, that is so much of how I look at like not only going to work with people and going into projects, but even how I look at my preparation, I think in, in a lot of ways. And I think that like, just, you know, something Sue said, like my thing fully evolved from when I started to like, by the time I got my early thirties to by the time I got my mid thirties, I was like, Oh, I get hangry. I need a snack. <laughs> I'm not good for anybody. If Jay don't have a snack, I don't need nobody to get a snack for me. I'm not going to snap at nobody. But what I realized is that like I, my, my, my blood sugar just dips and when it dips yeah. and it's low and I'm in a high energy scene or I'm in a scene that is very, in, you know, active, and I need to be fully engaged. Like if I'm sitting over there with like a growling stomach, I'm going to be flat. Like it's just not going to work for folks. And like you, but I think it took like, you know. Yeah, you had to learn that. What is this feeling? Why am I mad? Why am I? Yeah. Do you have a pregame snack, Sue, that you always have? Um. Yeah, this year, well, I changed it up this year. I changed it Ooh. up. I went to right. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, love PB&J. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you always eat it at the same time? Before. Yeah, like, like a couple hours before the game. Okay. Oh, such a good snack. So he, this is something. I, this is a question I thought was kind of fun for 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 both of you. I think is fun. We'll see. Sue, let's start with you. What is something you get asked all the time that you're s- sick of talking about, and what is something you wish you were asked about more because you would like to talk about it? I don't know about the second part. Um, don't ask me any questions. <laughs> I don't. Know who- well, okay. For a really long time, how long are you going to play? Was mm-hmm. the question that I always got. What it's like evolved into now that I have have announced my retirement, even though I was getting it a little bit before, I was like, what are you going to do now that you're done? What are you going to do now you're done? As if like I have my whole life just, oh, actually, funny you asked. I have a whole plan just ready for you. <laughs> um, so that one, that one can be a little, it can get to me a little bit. I mean, I understand yeah. why, but it can get to yeah. me. I don't know that I, I, I know what I'd want to be asked about. Like, is there anything that you just like, it could be some silly. Is there anything you're just like, I would like to talk more about this, but I don't really have the forum to, or I don't get to like, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. Like, I so am. Kind of, it's it's so a podcast. podcast. Yeah. I guess it's <laughs> a hard hitting questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you know what? You think about it. And if you could just get an urge throughout the rest of the recording where you're just like, ah, you know what? I want to talk about Cheetos. Like, then we'll know. Cheetos? You know, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. I actually feel like, I feel like I get asked everything. I yeah. don't know if there's anything that hasn't been asked. Although, you know what, Ryan? You asked me a great question a couple weeks ago about like, I forget exactly how you worded it, but what is it that I would want people to know about my career that they don't? Or I forget. Exactly. Yeah. I'll find it because I think, I think I can, if I search, um, they would it because your knee injuries, you know, the story of what was the story of your career? I think I asked you that people like don't. Yeah. What was the yeah, yeah. And that's something it's like, no one wants to talk about their injuries all the time. So it's not that I just think yeah. for a long time, that has been the story of my career. And it's, you know, those are the types of things that people don't necessarily know the severity. So you yeah, have no way to understand like what a player is playing through. And it's not unique to me, but it is part of my story that doesn't get, get talked about. Yeah. You had a really great answer. Like, this is so fascinating to me, Jay, because obviously I know Sue really well, but I did not even realize this. Sue has had, well, I have it 
written down, but Sue, t- r- remind us how many, how many surgeries is it now on the, cause you've had microfracture, you had ACL. I've had like all the major ones in your knee. So I have, I've had six on my knee in total and they include ACL. That was the first one. I had a microfracture in 2000, um, like three. So it's pretty crazy just to have, have played this long with that. Um, I've been giving like, like little, almost like my last rights. Like my knee has gotten its last rights, like 15 different times. Um, and then I've had meniscus stuff over and over. And then I've had random stuff like assist that had to get like our foreign body that had to get removed. Then I had something uh, like an area that was almost hollow that had to get filled in just like all these random stuff. Um, and yeah, not a lot of people know that part of the story. And did your surgeon say like you have the knee of a 70 year old? I'm like, I'm like pre-arthritic and he's, he always like, he's like, all right. So when we, when we do the knee replacement, maybe we can just do a half one. So that's like already on the books. Um, <laughs> And then you throw in just like the other, you know, I have, I've had both my hips repaired. Um, I had something taken out in my foot, like just other stuff, but the knee is really the story. That's really the story. Yeah. It, I found it so interesting because it's true. It's like, that is um, probably not discussed enough. And especially the fact that you are still playing at such a high level with a 70 year old knee. Yeah. It's like yeah. how the two have like interacted with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, how about when I ask you that question? Like, is there something you get asked about a lot that you're like, do you just like, you know, you know how to answer. You've answered a million times where you're like, ah, I wish I didn't have to. And is there anything you're like, ah, I wish I got to talk about this? It's a similar question to Sue's question. People always ask you, so what are you doing next? Mm. Or, 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 if you're, or if you're already doing something, if you know what the next thing is, people are like, oh, so what is that? And it's like, well, you don't know. Like, I can't tell you know six years ago if i told you i was doing insecure you and you asked me like what is it i would be like i don't know it's a show about two women in la like you gotta watch it i can't tell you what this like thing is that's not attached to like a piece of ip i always think that that's such an interesting question because then the thing is like if i tell you what it is you're still gonna be like huh like you're not gonna know you know what i mean it's not like Uh, yeah i know what that movie is you don't yeah So I always think that's a funny one. I think every actor working or not working, I think all actors hate, what are you doing next? Mm. All actors hate it. I think it's a question that we just kind of grow up hating. That's um, interesting. Because I think in some ways it always takes away what you've just done. Like, yeah, rarely get to let you live in the moment that you just had. Um, and, and the project that you just did and you rarely get to like sit in it and just love it and enjoy it. It's always like, well, what's next? And it's like, well, I don't know. I got a billion dollar movie in the box office. Like, do I need to know what's next? <laughs> yeah. Like, do I have to know right now? Like, let me just enjoy this thing. Cause it's still going. Yeah. I think that's a thing that like a lot of actors uh, do not enjoy answering. And I'm definitely one of them. the comment. I always get, this is not a question you ask, but the comment yeah. I always get, like, I didn't, I didn't know you were so tall. <laughs> cool. I get, I'm like, Oh, you're tall. They always say to me, like, well, I guess it's similar. Like, Oh, you're taller than I thought. Well, I'm like, yeah, I'm surrounded by giants. <laughs> Why does I look short? Uh, this is so. This reminds me of, and then I guess the, I want to get back to the other part of your, your the answer, Jay. But I, I've told this story before, but um, I don't know if on the podcast. But 
I uh, was working with this one producer, Phil Dean, great producer we have. He's now the producer of Monday Night Football for the first time. And uh, he was doing NBA. It was his first year on NBA with us a few years ago. And we're in Boston and we're going to meet for breakfast, like have a little production meeting before the game, Celtics, Cavs. And he worked with Rebecca Lobo and Holly Rowe for years, who were my broadcast partners on the WNBA. And I come down the elevator, I walk out of the elevator and I've never met him before. And he just looks at me and he goes, oh. And I was like, what? He's like, oh, you're, you're like a very normal height. And I was like, yeah, I'm 5'10". Like, that's like, yeah, average, very average height. He's like, ah, I thought you were like 5'4". And I was like, no, dude, I'm like on camera all the time with, you know, as you said, Sue, giants. Like, yes, I look small next to Rebecca Lobo. You know, like I look small next to Richard Jefferson. In life, walking around, yeah, I'm pretty average. You know, not anything real noticeable. But... It's, you know, for these people, yeah, but so we all, we all can relate, but for different reasons. Um, Jay's like six, four, by the way. Am I right, Jay? Six, four. Yeah. 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 Everyone literally, and the other thing people always go is like, I just didn't know. I didn't think they let actors be that tall in Hollywood. And it's like, <laughs> Will Ferrell is a, Will Ferrell is a giant. I mean, there are giants out here. Like we have, yeah. there are uh, cousin Greg on succession is taller than me. Like there are people out here that are very. No, very- he is. Oh yeah, he's yeah. tall. Wow, he's, tall. he's super tall. That's super tall. tall. He looks That's tall, tall on the show. Yeah, and 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 um. Oh man, now I can't think of his name. Um. Ah, uh, the husband. He's married into the family. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Also a very tall guy. Yeah, he looks tall on the show too. Oh my god. Also, like he's tall. Like he's. It, it's crazy. Um, but the, husband. Ah. Yes, yes. It'll come to you. It'll come to you. How, how about the other question, Jay? Is there something you don't get to talk about that you wish you did? I got to tell you my new question. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. New question. What was it like working with Tom Cruise? That's my new question. Yeah. What was it like? What was it like working with Tom Cruise, Jay? Do you know, I have probably heard that question every single day. <laughs> <laughs> since May 3rd. Yeah. I don't know. Since April 27th. I do just want to say this too. Congratulations, man. Like my goodness, you got, you guys are, what are you right now? The fifth highest grossing movie of all time. Domestic. We're moving into fifth yeah. or maybe we just yeah. got it. Domestic. Yeah. Fifth all time. And you know, knock on wood, we'll break top 10 globally all time. It's um, crazy, man. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, that- been wild. it's been a crazy, crazy experience. And you know, getting to like, literally travel all over the world and have people run up to you and start talking about the movie and how much they love it. And, uh, it's, it's crazy. It is a really wild experience. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's like, like it's, probably like, that's what I do. I'm just like, yeah, I do this. Yeah. No, no, Tom's like, this is why I spent 200 million on marketing. I knew what would happen. Like, he's like, I knew exactly what would happen. And you know what? He was right. He was right. Very vindicated. It's really, yeah. it's really crazy to kind of see it all come together. And like, you know, we all wanted this movie to come out. We were like, yo, just put it out. Like COVID or not, like, let's just put it out. And I, and, and Tom kept saying, you know, it's just not the time. Like we, we want as many theaters as possible around the world. Like we want everyone, maybe everyone won't go see it, but we want everyone to have an opportunity to go see it. And, and he was right. I don't know if this movie, you know, and shout out to Paramount for sitting on it for two years because no other studio would have done that. So 
a lot of other studios wouldn't have done that. And and for them to do it, you know, and and Tom to be vindicated on this end in this way is like, oh yeah, this is yeah, this is why he's who he is and why he makes the movies he makes. So what's it like working with Tom Cruise, Jay? Well, right. <laughs> the worst thing ever. Yeah, that's right. No, it's a crazy experience. I imagine that there's probably somebody out there who gets asked every day or who's gotten asked before, like, what's it like playing with Sue Bird? A hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. Like, that's such a crazy <laughs> thing to think that, like, somebody is out there being like, hey, what's it like to call a game of Ryan Ruka? Like, it's really kind of a crazy thing to think about. It is, it is so, um, I don't know, you go into experience like that and you don't find, it is not often that someone who is leading a movie, especially of that scale, um, is that uh, giving and kind and also like so invested in you, right? I think what was really interesting is like Tom for us was like, listen, you're all going to be movie stars after this. And it's like, Tom didn't have to tell us that. Like what, you know what I mean? Like he, what, yeah. he got a ton of money. He got billions in the box office. He's never going to stop working. Like he didn't have to do that. And a lot of folks don't do that. And I think the ride that he took us on, you know, when we, before we started even shooting the movie, he made us meet the entire Paramount marketing team. After we shot the movie, he made us go back into Paramount and meet the entire marketing team. Um, and like, people don't do that. You don't, you don't get that kind of access. Typically you just show up, say some words and go home and fingers crossed it turns out good. And then you get to wear a cool suit or dress or whatever it is on a carpet and say, yeah, you know, and talk about it. like, but the, the kind of way that he like really mentored all of us and took us under, like the, the filming experience obviously was crazy, but like, to me, the piece that I keep coming back with is like the experience that he had as this kind of like mentor teacher. Mm we're going through this everything from like hey this is my diet this is what i do with my body this is how i sleep this is literally everything right like it, it was it was really cool to like have him kind of open up and say these are the things that i've done in my career and what works for me and what i do daily take it or leave it you don't i i'm just sharing with you what has worked for me which right. i think is super, super super cool and also like the last thing is that like such a student like a big yeah at his heart like he's watching a movie he's like i try to watch a movie every single day while we're filming wow he's trying to watch a movie and i'm like yo this is the biggest movie ever of your i mean <laughs> and he's like still watching movies every day and for him he's like i want to see what audiences are responding to a i want to know filmmakers i want to know how storytelling is evolving i want to know how camera work is evolving like he's constantly soaking all that in and then taking it into his taking it into his movies. It's interesting because to me, like when I hear that or when I heard that and now hearing Sue talk about watching tape, like they are, they feel like wildly different professions, obviously, but like in yeah. a way, they are a very similar thing. And Sue Bird is sort of the Tom Cruise of the WNBA. If you look at the attendance and the ratings numbers, you know, like it is, which by the way, just on a, on a whole, are, I just got more WNBA playoff ratings numbers it is off to a terrific start. Like the numbers are outstanding. The game three we did at, at Barclays center Tuesday night was the highest non-finals rated game on ESPN since 2001. Like, yeah, crazy. Like, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, Sue, have you 
it's funny. I'm going to preface it with this. I've thought about the end of your career, how this story ends this year. And I haven't really thought about like, oh, you know, Seattle wins the championship. Sue Birds holds up the trophy. You know, like I kind of, I was thinking more about like, what is the ovation like? Like, does she cry? Like, where does it end? Is it in Seattle? Like, you know, is it in Connecticut or New York? You know, some other meaningful place. Like, um, but the interesting thing is everybody else I talked to, including your teammates, are like, we want to win this for Sue. Like, the way, the way this story is supposed to end is with Sue winning her fifth championship. Have you thought about that? Like how that, like not just like your desire to win because you always want to win, but that like that rounding out your story and being the perfect send off. Um, yes and no. I mean, the way I look at it, who wouldn't want to win <laughs> their last game in their last season, right? Like yeah. it's so rare. It's so rare. The only player I can think of that's done it is who like announced their retirement. Mm-hmm. So not a player who won and then announced. That's a little yeah. different. And the only name I can think of is Ray Lewis, I think. Was it Ray Lewis? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're the right. Yeah. 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 He's like right literally there. the only one I can think of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like the only one I can think of. And outside of, I'm so, so outside of like maybe a role player. Yeah. Right. Like the main yeah. player who announces their retirement. All yeah. Things. Yeah. So that's one in my lifetime. I can't yeah. think of anybody else. Yeah. So I'm very aware that it's, it's the odds are against me. And I've kind of just framed it in this way, which I believe like, it's not going to dictate the story of my career. It's not going to, I'm not going to have a regret. I feel like looking back on college, if we didn't win my senior year, I would look back on that and really regret it. I'd be like, dang, that, that's like, um, but like this, I don't think I'll feel that way. On the flip side, clearly it's in the back of my head because I just told you the story about how I walked into warmups. Like, dang, I don't want, I want this to be the last one. So it's, yeah. it's somewhere in there, but it's not going to tell the story. So I think it's wonderful that my teammates are saying that. I hope we fucking win it. I hope <laughs> I get to walk off with a, with a trophy. That would be amazing. But I'm not getting like stressed about it. It's not gonna, it's not gonna stress me out. All yeah. I heard out of all of that was that you're going to run out of the tunnel and do the shimmy that Ray Lewis used to do <laughs> right before he won his championship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> well, this is the new super showing emotion. Like, this is, this is just another example of it. This is just another example of it. Okay, can you guys think of another one? Like, I can't think of anybody else. No, the only the, – Strahan retired after they won uh, against the Patriots, but I don't remember if he had announced it. Yeah, I don't remember if he had announced it or if he announced it afterwards. I forget which one it was, but that's the only one I can think of, like a dominant kind of face of a franchise-type player. But I don't know if he had said he was retiring or not. You're right. But that's an interesting way to go about it where it's like – you don't, you, what you say, you're not stressing about it. It's not like the, no, I need this to be perfect. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Jay, you're going to come out to, to Seattle or, or Vegas at any point, man. We're going to, I know you've been out there before. We're going to get you back out here in the playoffs. For sure. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm not going to do Vegas, but I'm going to, I'm coming to San, uh, to San Francisco. I'm coming to Seattle. Nice. Uh, uh, maybe next week. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We will be there. 
Um, and when I say we, well, I, I won't be playing, but I'll be there with a microphone like this. You know, I mean, you I get to the game earlier than I do. <laughs> I know. I'll be like, hey Ryan, what's up? He's like, oh, I'm at the arena. I'm like, yeah. it does, you guys don't start for three hours. I'll tell you, one of my favorite things is watching Ryan move through an arena. <laughs> it is literally one of my favorite. There's a lot of purpose. A lot of purpose oh, happening. A lot of purpose. He's also uh, the mayor everywhere he goes. Like he knows uh, every single person at every door at every exit. Like yeah. it just it's 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 really amazing to watch. It's a lot of fun. It it's fun for me too, guys. Thank you. It's funny you say that with the early thing too, because we got to Barclays on Tuesday night like three and a half hours before because we were supposed to do this like early arrival interview, and I was like, okay, this is. This is too much. I'm sitting here like, let's play the game. Let's play the game. Throw it up. Tip it up. You know, like at some point, you're just like, ah, yeah. Yeah, you get antsy. You're ready to go. Um, all right, you guys, this has been wonderful. Thank you for putting up with my technical difficulties and the redness on my face, which um, I'm a little afraid of what that's going to feel like tomorrow. Has it gotten any less red as the show has gone on? Yeah, still pretty red. I was out in the sun for a while and, you know, at from 10 to one, it was okay. Cause I had put lotion on, but post one o'clock till about six. Why didn't you tell us that when we kept saying you were red, like, well, you just think it was the camera the whole time. <laughs> because I thought it was something with the, I thought it was something with the, uh, of camera effects. Like I couldn't rule that out as a factor. There was too many variables for me to just say, I might've gotten smoked in the sun today, guys. Fair enough. Like, Fair enough. yeah, <laughs> if, if, if I hadn't had all the technical difficulties, I would have been able to rule it out. Um, Sue, we cannot wait to watch you in these semis. It's going to be amazing. Game one, Sunday, 4 Eastern on ESPN. Make sure you're watching. Uh, who knows what kind of emotion Sue's going to show and how the Ray Lewis dance will look as she walks out of the tunnel. Yeah, probably like that from Jay. Um, and, uh, and Jay, so happy for you, man. You've had so many amazing life things happen here with what's going on with Top Gun. Uh, as Tom said, you're a movie star now and, um, and getting married. Uh, congratulations to you and Nina, man. I know like Top Gun, that was a two year in the making COVID altered event. So, Thank you. so happy. happy. A big summer for sure. Yeah. Big summer for you guys. Uh, thank you always for being so kind to the show and to me. And uh, you guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday, bonus episodes as well. You can watch on YouTube at R2C2 and uh, download wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed as well. Sue, good luck. Thank you. Thank good you. Luck. Good luck. <laughs> Let's see you guys in Seattle.